So here we go. We're back together again. Just like you know. It's me, Dave D. Saint, and I'm bringing you the news. Like I always try to do. So please don't boo me. Yeah. What's up, everybody? It's me, Dave D. Saint, here at the Night at the Podcast podcast i am dave d saint like i said before and i am here to bring you some of the news of stuff that's been happening around the clock in the entertainment world i'm also going to be doing a questionnaire on a movie that i saw i believe it was i think it was earlier last month sometime last month i think yeah 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 january yeah january january uh scream five uh, I wasn't going to do one for this, but I decided, you know what? I'm just going to start doing questionnaires about all the stuff that I watch. So, Scream 5 is now. Next week, I'm going to do the whole Peacemaker series. After that, I'll do a questionnaire, more of a, of, a, of a story on my experience to the Harry Potter New York City store. And um, from there, and I'm also going to do a whole questionnaire on the new Texas. Not a questionnaire, but like a... Yeah, question here on the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film that came out on Netflix. I'm also going to involve all the other ones and how inconsistent all these movies are with each other. But but like always, I like to uh, start off with my trailers and then from my trailers, I go into the questionnaires or I talk about something. Um, Then I bring in some news um, like like some of the news that's coming out of entertainment world and afterwards i finish it off with uh reviews and recommendations and i call it good night and i say goodbye and adieu but yes uh the first trailer that we're going to talk about is called extraction part two now chris hemsworth did this movie uh extraction for netflix which came out around hold on one second i'll let you guys know exactly because i like to be precise when i talk about my movies in 2020 which uh starred chris hemsworth who is also known as thor the um the synopsis reads, a black market mercenary who has nothing to lose is hired to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. But in the murky underworld of weapons dealers and drug traffickers, an already deadly mission approaches the impossible. Now, I haven't personally seen this movie because um, <clears throat> for some odd reason it didn't draw my attention. But for it to get a sequel, but then again, you know... Uh, Netflix does sequels and prequels and all that stuff. Anything they feel that they should. Um, I honestly don't know much about the movie, but I know they're doing a sequel. And it reads, Extraction 2 is an upcoming American action thriller film directed by Sam Hargrave and written by Joe Russo, who is one of the Russo brothers who was, uh, uh, you know, involved in the whole Endgame and Avengers movies and stuff. Based on the graphic novel... Ciudad. So Ciudad means uh, city. And it's based on a graphic novel. So um, it's a sequel to the 2020 film. And, you know, uh, it stars, what's his name? Uh, Chris Hemsworth. So why not? Well, I mean, I'll probably give that a shot. I like action films. Um, so let's check out the trailer and I'll let you know what I thought. In 2020. A world met a new hero. You're gonna catch a bullet. They met Thor. 
Alright, so he looks like he got shot in the back of the neck. Some boys crying to try to get to him. It looks like maybe he falls from a bridge. He's bleeding to death, I guess. He's bleeding out his mouth. And yes, he falls back into a bridge. Falls from a bridge into waters. I wonder what city this is or whatever. It's probably like alligator infested waters or something. I always get this feeling like countries like out there somewhere. There's alligators in the bottom. Okay, so it's like a third world country, maybe mid mid east, mid eastern country, mid eastern. He's under the water. Somebody's talking to him. I guess he didn't die. He's he's he looks like he pushes out the water. He wakes up under the water. Hashtag rake lives extraction two coming soon. All right, so that was more of a teaser. It wasn't really a trailer. So, um, it really didn't give us much. I guess the only thing that I can tell you was what the, what the synopsis says, which didn't really tell us much either because there's not much of a synopsis. They just say, they just show that he got shot in the neck, fell off the bridge, and woke up and pushed off the water, and that's it. That's all we got. So, I don't know. All right, so the next trailer we're going to talk about is Stranger Things 4. Four. Okay, Stranger Things Season 4 series. So, uh, I guess we're going to look into the the final trailer, which is Stranger Things' final trailer. It's best spring break ever. And obviously, it stars Millie Bobby Brown. And, you know, the it's, it's, it's been one of the most cult phenomenon TV series on Netflix. Netflix is, uh, I'll tell you right now, Netflix is making a killing when it comes to TV shows like this. I mean, this is probably one of the most original ideas that anybody has ever, even though they kind of uh, spoofed the 80s. It's it's really, I don't know, for, for me it was really, it's like a spot of fresh air when it comes to these, you know, these kids. But the thing is, they're taking too long, man. What, is this going to be the final season? Are they going to have another season? Because these kids are getting big. By the time they finish this, they're going to be grown adults. So the synopsis reads, of the whole series, the 1980s Indiana, a group of young friends witness a supernatural fo- uh, supernatural forces and secret government exploits as they search for answers The children unravel a series of extraordinary mysteries. So let's check out this trailer came out about two months ago. <clears throat> let's check out what this is. Get ultimate repair without the weight. No. Acidic bonding concentrate. 56% less breakage. No. Wait, is this the trailer or is this made up? I think this might be made up. Netflix. Yeah, I think this is made up. I'm sorry, guys. That was uh, made up. But I think this is the real one right here. It dropped about four months ago. So let's check this out. No, we saw this. Where is the real trailer? Is this it? Three months ago. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, here we go. Today is day 185. I think I have finally adapted. So it looks like um, Eleven has been has separated from Mike. I even like school now. I have made lots of friends. Even so, I am ready for spring break. Mostly because I get to see you. We will have the best spring break ever. Alrighty then. Um not much to say about that. It's just just shows uh, eleven, and uh, you know she's looking forward to seeing Mike on spring break. So my thing is, are we ever gonna find out more about her sisters? I mean, I, I think I think she was number thirteen. I think I forget what. There's we've got to meet one of her sisters in in one of the other uh, seasons. So are we gonna meet the other numbers? You know. Um, is number 11 the only number that actually did something worthy of something? I don't know. I honestly am interested in seeing more of the backstories to it, you know. Uh, what kind of powers do they have? What What's the purpose? What Are they all just, did they all break out? Are they all doing their own thing? What's going on? But those are my questions. So, I don't know. <clears throat> So we're going to look at the trailer for Cobra Kai Season 4. Obviously, we uh, Cobra Kai Season 4 dropped on New Year's. I saw it already, but, um, you know, we never got to see the trailer. So let me see my reaction. Cobra Kai Season 4. About, about two years, two months ago. If Johnny and I did. work together and we win Cobra Kai will be out of business we gotta take things to the next level eagles do not respond they swoop down and take whatever they want first you gotta learn how to fly come on we're gonna get sued here uh silly for what <laughs> take that cord <laughs> our enemies are working together they are combining their styles to beat us but there is only one way. And the only other person who knows how to teach Cobra Kai is you. It's Terry Silver. Now we're talking. <laughs> you miss this, don't you? I just want to make sure this time we win. Defeat the enemy. Show me wax on, wax off. It helps to know the enemy's playbook. Balance is crucial. Man can't stand. Can't fight. He can't fight. Daniel LaRusso. Does it really come down to this? Johnny Lawrence playing second fiddle. I just want what's best for Miguel and all of your students. So now you know what's best for Miguel. 
circle around things your whole life. Wait for problems to show up at your doorstep. You cannot strike first with this guy. You just don't want to admit there's always been a little Cobra Kai in you. Everybody thinks their way is the only way. You, my dad, Cobra Kai. The truth is, it doesn't matter which way you fight as long as it works. No fighting until the turn. We'll settle this on the map. Cobra Kai Season 4. It's time to step into the future. This proposal will revolutionize the tournament. <laughs> By a show of hands. You gotta help us all. Welcome to the 51st Annual All-Valley Under-18 Karate Tournament! So this, uh, I have, and actually, I actually have a podcast uh, for this specific series. You know, I had a whole, you know, talk about it. I think it's called Cobra Fett because I actually did mix it both with uh, some book of Boba Fett stuff and uh, Cobra Kai. So if you look on my past uh, podcast, you'll look for look for the title Cobra Fett, and you'll see I spoke about this thoroughly. Um, the show was amazing. The show is amazing. It has just increased in every season. And obviously, this is a follow-up to the films, which is freaking amazing. So, if you're interested in that, it is on Netflix now. It used to be on YouTube Red, but I guess YouTube Red wasn't getting enough followers. So, it moved on to... Uh, to... Netflix. Netflix is a bigger streaming site, so of course Netflix bought it, and I guess uh, was it uh, YouTube Red fell off or whatever because I haven't heard it. All right, moving on to the next trailer. It is called Muppets Haunted Mansion. Let's check this out. It is on uh, what's it called? Disney Plus right now. Like I said, I don't always get to everything immediately as the trailers come out, but I eventually do, <clears throat> and I talk about them. And uh, just to let you guys know, all the trailers that I watch today or any of the stuff that I speak about today is going to be on my description box in my podcast. So if you guys want to check it out for yourselves, by all means. So the next trailer we're going to look about uh, dropped around five months ago. Wow, that was a long time ago. Uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion. I guess this was around... Um, October of last year. So let's check this out. Welcome to the home of fear and fright, where not all guests survive the night. The lucky souls will live to tell, where those who don't will rot in. What's the matter with you? You can't say that. This is a family show. What are you doing? Welcome, foolish puppets, to tonight's very special Halloween challenge. We just have to survive the night in this haunted mansion. Everything here will seem familiar, but your eyes may deceive you. I'm the mysterious Madame Pagota. Take five, everybody. Where are you going? Happy Halloween. 
this place is really haunted. <laughs> Fiends, omens, and bogeymen, lend me your fear. It's showtime. Usually I'm worried about dying out here, but looks like you beat me to it. <laughs> Don't you have anything better to do than boo me? Oh, tough room. Ooh, indoor lightning. I'm not a shrimp. Close enough. By sunrise, you fail this endeavor, then you must remain here forever. How did you? That's sweet, right? Muppets Haunted Mansion, streaming exclusively on Disney Plus. I say it came out on October 8th and it uh, reads on Halloween night Gonzo is challenged to spend one night in the haunted mansion. Uh, I haven't checked it out personally myself, but it looks really good. Uh, I, I mean, there was a time where I decided when um, the Muppets came back and to film and theaters, I decided to have a Muppet marathon and I watched all the movies plus the Muppet show and I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I mean, you could call me a big kid or whatever, but I just like a lot of nostalgic things. Like right now I'm in the midst, like I told you guys before, if you guys have heard me before, I'm in the midst of a uh, still, it's we're on February going on March, but I'm still doing the the uh, was it the Disney parade uh, Disney Christmas Day parade um, and I'm in 2002 I started 2002 this year I don't really care I love it I, I, a lot of people are asking me at work do I really watch all of them I'm like I really it's not that I watch them it's more of I listen to when I go to work when I walk to work I listen to it on as on my um on my on my headpiece so it's it's i don't know i like i like it myself so i guess all right next trailer we're going to talk about is the harder they fall the second so there was a teaser trailer and then there was a regular trailer we're going to watch the teaser because we saw the regular trailer but we're going to watch the teaser here stars it stars idris alba it's on netflix Do you know how to make a grand entrance? <laughs> 
don't know who you are. The angel who hunts down those who trespass against him with no mercy. So this dropped already. It came out in theaters on and on Netflix. I'm just going to read you some of the people that are on here. Jonathan Majors, who is also known as... Uh, what's his name? Um, oh my God, why am I forgetting his name? Jonathan Majors is played in the Marvel uh, series as Kang the Conqueror. So he's going to be playing Kang the Conqueror, which is Jonathan Majors. And we also have uh, Damon Waynes Jr., R.C. R.J. Siler. We have Zazie Beetz, Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield, which is an up-and-coming actor. He's big. Idris Elba, Delray Lindo. So these are just some of the the, the heavy hitters in this film, and it's obviously um, it's Wally. It's a, a, a western, and it's led by an all-black cast. It reads, when an outlaw discovers his enemy is being released from prison, he reunites his gang to seek revenge. Now, I've heard a lot of great things about this movie. I still haven't seen it myself because I have no time. To, if, I got, if, I had all the time, if I got paid for watching movies, then that would be awesome. But I can't just sit at home and watch movies. I have to go home and make some time, uh, make some more money for work. I mean, make money from work to pay for things. Alrighty, next trailer we're gonna look at is called Time Is Up, starring Bella Thorne. It came out, the trailer came out, uh, it's on Prime Video. It says that the trailer came out four weeks ago, but the second trailer came out five months ago, so I don't know. Let's look this up. Bella Thorne is gorgeous, but uh, her lifestyle. Alright, let's check this out. Based on quantum physics, particles are continuously created. Their only destiny is to meet and disappear into each other. The same thing happens when two people fall in love. I really needed you last night. I was busy training. I'm always busy, and I still find time for you. Let her go today. You're not there yet, son. Yeah, I know. Keep this up, you're not gonna make the team. You don't want to be living in that trailer camp the rest of your life, do you, Roy? Do you know where Steve is? I don't know where he went. Come on. Have some fun. Hey! A connection they never expected. Where are you taking me? Just trust me. A night they'll never forget. Yes, I do. I just don't want it. Do you remember anything about that night? I don't remember. From the producers of Perfect Strangers. She's convinced that she was with Steve that night. 
and Steve is telling the same story. <laughs> what was I wearing? I can't remember. I'll never forgive myself. What happened between the two of you that night? between two particles is only valid in the microscopic realm. You weren't with me. Why are you lying? Bella Thorne. Applied to the human world because Benjamin Mascolo are much more complicated. Time is up. Alrighty. Seems interesting. I just... Uh, it's so crazy to think that Bella Thorne was in a show with uh or a show in a movie with uh you know this girl uh oh my gosh Zendaya and Zendaya has been looked at as this uh <clears throat> this amazing actress and she's building up her career and all that stuff but when you look at Bella Thorne she does uh, she does all these movies but they actually go under the radar for the simple fact of her lifestyle, stuff that she's chosen. She's over here. She even directed a, an adult film um, with Bella Danger and some other actor. But it's like, and then she has all this background and she's like a party girl and nobody will take her seriously. She's <clears throat> Hopefully she clears up all that garbage and eventually, you know, just, you know, like, what's her name? Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore used to be a party girl too and she cleaned up her act. But uh, time is up, reads, an accident will force Vivian, 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 and Royan to come to a stop and reclaim their lives one minute at the time, one minute at the time, and finally start living in the present that perhaps will prove to be more exciting than any predefined. Um, I guess, I don't know, I didn't even understand what that meant, any predefined. <clears throat> uh, I'll definitely give it a go, I think she's hot. So, I mean, it's whatever. Okay, so uh, Super Bowl, uh, the trailer, teaser trailer came out of the new, the new Jordan Peele film called Nope. So, let's check this out. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on the horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. Here's another great grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pigeons could move, he had skin in the game. So Kiki Palmer seems to be the main character in this movie. Although we do see um, Daniel Kaluuya, who was also in the movie Get Out, that Jordan Peele directed. Barbie Ferreira is in here. Steven Yuen. This summer. What's a damn miracle? They got work for that. 
So this comes out July 22nd this year, 2022. So I have no idea what this movie consists of. It's one of those like movies like Cloverfield. When Cloverfield first came out, it was like very... They didn't want you to see anything precisely and they didn't want you to put a story together. Kind of like when Get Out came out and Us, which were two other movies directed by Jordan Peele. Um, so this movie is similar to that. It's, it's kind of just leaving you hanging so you can go see it. Um, not really too much of a fan of Kiki Palmer. She's one of those like loud females. But um, she looked as, as in a scary role. I mean, I think it might be interesting. There's a scene where she's running. All of a sudden, she gets pulled up into the sky. Don't know what that is. But um, the synopsis reads, The residents of a lonely gulch in inland California bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. Which, again, doesn't really give us much. But I guess we'll just have to go with it. Until the movie comes out and we can actually give it a uh, an assessment. So, and the last, um, the la the the yeah, the last thing that we're gonna look at is actually not a trailer. It's actually a commercial that came out at the Super Bowl, which I thought was freaking hilarious. Uh, it's called uh, where is it? Where are you? No, not that. <clears throat> If you hear me sniffling, I suffer from uh, from sniffleitis. No, I'm joking. I have a lot of bad allergies. So, so yeah, Jer- Jim Carrey came out with a movie back in the '90s called The Cable Guy. Cable Guy. If you guys have ever seen it, one of his best work ever. But yeah, uh, it's a Verizon commercial, and um, it was an ad. So let's check out this trailer. It's him reprising his role as the Cable Guy, and he pretty much they pretty much tell him that there is no cable, that it's everything's on Verizon. So let's go. No thanks, I don't need cable. I have Verizon 5G internet. 5G internet? Never heard of it. 5G ultra wideband? It's way better. <laughs> oh, I see. So somehow, your home is connected to the information superhighway on Verizon's ultra fast 5G network. Wirelessly? Yeah. Magically beaming, powerful, invisible internet into some sorcerer's box without miles and miles of this. Mm-hmm, yeah, right. Mm-hmm, yeah, right. Mm-hmm, yeah, right. Wait! Can I see it? Sure. Whoa. They must have locked you into quite a contract. Nope. Hidden fees? I love those. Nope. Price is the price. This may be illegal. And you could spend time in a correctional facility. I'm needing to know who installed this. Me. It's plug and play. But you can have Verizon install it. Nice band. Well, let me just see if it work. Got one at my shop, too. Runs my business. Reception's good. But I'll come back tomorrow and double check. No, 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 no,
you know, little snippet uh, at the Super Bowl because I grew up watching these movies. Last week we spoke about uh, what's his name, Mike Myers, uh, in in as the, as in Doctor Evil for the the Austin Powers movies, and this was another one, Jim Carrey as the Cable Guy. Next week we will be seeing uh, what's her name, the daughter and son of Tony Soprano in this car commercial, I guess that was uh, aired, and just to hear the whole kid. Woke up this morning. That was so cool just to see that. But yeah, we're going to go take a quick break and pay some bills. And we will be right back with our questionnaire. Alrighty, we are back and we're going to go right into it. Obviously, we're going to be speaking about Scream 5 and then um, I have a couple of questions here that I'm going to answer and um, then we're going to go into some news and then obviously move on. So the first question is for Scream 5, number one, how is it statistically possible that Sidney Prescott knew so many psychopaths. So I never actually thought about this, but uh, it's true. So many people want her dead. You know, part one, part two. I mean, you you have connections to uh, different possibilities, but now, you know, in part four and part five and all this other stuff, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. But yeah, the trailer, the, t- the answer is in two out of four movies, Sydney is being targeted by her half-brother and cousin. And the former didn't even know Sydney personally. But how is it possible that Sydney is related or acquainted with so many cold-blooded killers? Be it her younger cousin Jill or Billy Loomis or even his mother, Mrs. Loomis, everyone wants Sydney to die for some reason or other. Most slasher franchises stick to one killer or they go for different storylines. But in in, in a series where one particular person is being hunted by different people, it's obviously too much of a coincidence that Sydney, who has never really harmed anyone personally out of malice, just happens to know so many people who are psychopaths and ready to kill. So yeah, I never once I started doing research for this this questionnaire. It's true. Like, okay, in the first movie, we have Billy Loomis, and she's he's pissed off because her mother uh, was uh, uh, her mother was the whore that was sleeping around with his father, and because of that, his mother left him. Okay, now Stu Mocker, he was just crazy in the head and he looked like he just wanted to be down with his best friend, Billy Loomis. Now, if you go into part two, Mrs. Loomis comes into play where she supposedly um, found out that Billy was killed and and she, I guess, wanted to get revenge for that. Now, uh, what's his name? Mickey the Freaky Tarantino film student. Really, again, he was just crazy and he found Mrs. Loomis and she helped him. Or whatever, you know, guide him the right way. Now, in part three, it's her half-brother who has supposedly been orchestrating all this crap. He kind of led Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker into the whole thing. I guess he kind of coerced Mrs. Loomis into the same thing. I don't know what the heck. Because uh, supposedly he was the brains behind the whole thing. There's a rumor that supposedly Stu Mocker never died in the first movie. That he was going to be the one who was orchestrating all of this behind 
closed doors because supposedly he was serving time in jail. Uh, we have yet to see him. Supposedly he lived. Um, so there was a rumor that uh, it, uh, for part four, he was going to make a brief, inch, inch, you know, he was going to come in. But again, I guess they held him back. And we find out that part four, her cousin wanted the fame and the riches. I guess uh, she thought that Sydney was fame had fame because of her almost being killed and riches or some crap like that i have no idea um now i forgot the guy's name the one that i know it was played by rory culkin he just wanted to be the guy that gets the girl i guess that's the whole thing behind her which didn't play out so well and then in the new one um oh just to let you guys know this is uh, a spoiler alert spoiler alert if you haven't seen any of these movies stop it here go watch the movies and then come back before you finish before i spoil anything for you but yeah scream five it's kind of like a repeat of part one it's kind of like a reboot uh the the, the uh the killer want although Sydney and Gail aren't the main guys here. They're known as legacy characters. They're back, uh, I guess, just to... They're the supporting cast. It's uh, David Arquette, Sydney, uh, David Arquette, uh, Courtney Cox Arquette, or I think she just goes by Courtney Cox now, and Nev Campbell come back as Dewey, uh, Gail, and Sydney. And they're, they're, they're the supporting cast. They're actually boosting up the new cast. But yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Everything goes back to the same house, uh, Stu Mocker's house, where the original killings took place and all that stuff. And then in this one, it's pretty much the same thing. The killer and the girl and blah, blah, blah. So my whole thing is, my whole thing was, uh, how are they all connected and why are they all connected? Uh, and how does she know all these people? So it's just crazy to think that there's so many psychopaths that revolve her life. Because, I mean, now it's been five movies. And in all of them, except for part three, have two killers that have been ultimately going after her. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, question number two. What is Sydney's personality? Personality. So in the first one, she turned out to be kind of like a Jamie Curtis, uh, 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 you know, tough bitch. And the second one, she got a little more mature. But from that point on, she's been like kind of AWOL-ish. She doesn't really have much of a character. She's just more of the of the running and suspense chick. So my answer is in Scream, she's a gutsy teenager who has a great sense of humor. Can punch fame-obsessed journalists and can basically take care of herself while mourning the death of her mom. But in Scream 2, only some aspects of her personality are carried forward. It's like a muted, basic version of what Sydney used to be. She survived a major killing spree and trauma shapes people in unpredictable ways. So from that point on, I mean, she's still just a, 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 a final girl. You know, she's the ultimate final girl. She's final. She's been her and Gail are the final girls. They've made it up to part five without being killed. Um, so how are their personalities? I think Gail has the one the, with the most personality. I think she's more, uh, Nev is more, I guess, uh, Sydney's more of a little blank character. We still haven't seen much about her. And a lot of people think that she might come out as, uh, you know, we'll get to it. Uh, question number three, why is the marriage of Mr. and Miss Prescott never discussed? Considering Maureen's, this is her mother, considering Maureen's personal life was so crucial to the Woodsboro Massacre, details about her marriage have been kept almost too vague. 
In Scream 3, Sydney asks her father if he is angry at her late mother, but he shows no regret or outrage and simply smiles and sweeps the question under the rug. This begs so many questions. Viewers still don't know if Mr. and Miss Prescott had a good marriage, how Bill dealt with Maureen's many affairs, or why Maureen cheated in the first place. He seems to be the guy who just took the abuse. There's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of men like that who who fall in love with this specific woman, and although she is mistreating him, um, abu- uh, what is it, physically, mentally, and abuse, and 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 uh what's that called uh physically mentally and psychologically they still are so in love they're willing to forgive and um you know that it just seems like like mr i wasn't a mr prescott was one of those guys who just pretty much didn't stand up for himself she looked like she was all about you know all she wanted the sex she wanted the man the money and the fame and even while she was with uh, um you know raising sydney it looks like she didn't give, give a damn about sydney because i mean what kind of a role model is that you know why is she going around sleeping with other men while she has this young girl at home who needs her so the mom was probably a trash mom pretty much and you know um you know sydney defended her i mean just like any other any any kid out there who i mean your mom can be the worst mom your dad can be the worst dad but you're still gonna love them to death and you're still gonna defend them because that's your family um so yeah i guess that's what it was when it came to sydney Question number four, why would Debbie kill for her son when she abandoned him? So Debbie, Debbie Salt uh, is really Miss Loomis. So the answer is Miss Loomis abandons her son and husband when she finds out that her husband has been having an affair with Sydney's mom. Why then would she be so struck with grief over her dead son that she would go through all the conspiracy and assumption of another identity to kill Sydney? She clearly didn't care enough about Billy in the first place and to actually kill someone over his death seems like a stretch, especially because of how acutely Billy had suffered because his mom had left him. So exactly, I never actually looked at it. The only way I look at it is that maybe Debbie Saul or Mrs. Loomis at one point had a revelation and decided, oh, I want to make up with my son and I want to, you know, you know, make up for lost time. But then he goes back and he finds out that he's dead and she's heartbroken because now she'll never get time. She'll never get that time back. And she goes nuts and decides, okay, I'm going to get revenge on the person who killed him. And she goes after Sydney. And that's the only way I could look at it because honestly, she was another trash mom. Yeah, I get you. Uh, Your husband was cheating on you and everything but dude if you're gonna run away you're gonna take your son with you but no he le- she left her son to the father and just booked what did she go do for that amount of time who the hell knows we're never gonna go because Wes Craven the, the story dies with Wes Craven and he passed away so my whole thing is why now that's the question question number five how famous is Sydney? Obviously, her cousin Jill made it seem like she was famous because what she survived a couple of of, of assassin attacks and she wrote a book. Um, how f- famous is she? My answer was many survivors do turn to penning their life story, and it makes sense. 
but how famous do they really get? In Scream 4, Sydney's cousin Jill is insanely jealous of Sydney's fame and wants that attention for herself. So she actually tries to kill Sydney and possession and possession herself as position herself as the next Woodboro survivor. The Woodsboro massacre was undoubtedly one of the most brutal massacres to have happened in America and obviously made Sydney famous. But it's not the kind of fame that comes with red carpet appearances or a social media following or even a plush invites. So why, what did she want? Did she think she was going to get a movie stardom or become an actress of some sort or go on Donahue or whatever the heck? I mean, Donahue. Why did I say Donahue? I guess because I hear that a lot now since I do a lot of like uh, nostalgic viewings of, of different things. And Donahue is just the name that they mention a lot more. But yeah, I guess she thought she was going to go on different shows like Oprah or something like that. And it makes no sense. Like, see, uh, that's why part four was one of my my least favorites it just had so much it was a fun movie but it's not what i thought would be come on you're gonna be famous off of killing your own cousin and dying you're trying to replicate your cousin's death your aunt it makes no sense question number six why does her publisher want three more books see that's a that 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 that, that, that that's true why would she want more books? It's not like you can depict your whole... I mean, I guess you could put part one. I mean, the stuff that happened in part one in one book, stuff that happens in part two or second book, and the third book would be the stuff that happens in part three. But I don't think that's how it works. The answer was Out of Darkness was written before Scream 4 and was published by Random House. Her publicist reveals that the publisher wants three more books from her. This makes no sense since Out of Darkness is an autobiography that is supposed to cover the entirety of the events up to Scream 3. So everything is rolled into one book. Out of Darkness was written before Scream 4 and was published by Random House. Her publicist reveals that the publisher wants three more books. Why did I read that all over again? My bad. This makes no sense since Out of Darkness is... Yeah. So I read... I, I re my notes... So yeah, that it, it's it's pretty crazy how the public. It's not like it's Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings where the story continues. This is actually based on a reality, so that makes no sense. I guess that's one of the plot holes that never got answered. Question number seven: Why would every killer use the ghost face mask? True. You would think that a new a new killer wants to wear something different because. They don't know the events of what happened before. It's not like unless Sidney Prescott goes and tells everybody, oh, this is what happened. And then the person tries to emulate it. The answer is the ghost face mask became a recognizable disguise after the events of Scream, which is part one. And perhaps it makes sense that Jill, which is in part four, would use it in Scream 4 because she literally wanted the same trajectory as Sidney. But why would the other killers go for the same mask especially if they wanted to get the job done the mask's only purpose is to terrorize the, its victims especially sydney since she is the main target of the spree but why would every killer want to play mind games with her wouldn't miss loomis want mickey to use a different disguise to get the job done faster and wouldn't roman do the same it's 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 it, and the same thing is uh they you they do the same 
movements and the same things. Like one thing that I could never get over is the fact of how clumsy the killers are. Are, are. you know, uh, Jason, Michael, and Freddie, they were always precise with their killings. But then again, they were like cool and calm, and they knew that at any moment they would get their killer. But when it comes to the scream killer, he they always make him out to be more clumsy, and then they always supposedly make a female killer, but the female killer never uh, is the height of the killer, of the actual killer. So behind that, the 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 figure is a man. You can see it's a man's figure, and you can hear it in the in the in the voice modulator that it's a man. Now I get it. You can actually change the voice modulator to make you sound like a man, a woman. I mean, a woman can make herself sound like a man. But in, just like in Scream 5, there's a scene where the male killer is taken away into an elevator. So there's only another uh, another killer who it just happens to be a female. And she's the one who, again, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this, watch the movie first. Um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, you had your warning. She ends up killing Dewey. And the way that this supposed killer kills Dewey sticks one knife on one side, one knife on the other, and lifts him up. There is no possible way that that girl, who was later on revealed to be the killer, was able to lift up Dewey like that and gut him. It was impossible because she is a small girl. Uh, it could only be that she took like steroids or something uh, or or I don't know the got the strength of a living God or something and lifted him up other than that it was impossible and that's what uh, that's what I didn't like about the killer reveal but then again I guess it's all just the idea so uh yeah the mask is used to terrorize boom 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 Question number eight. How did Sydney's trauma affect her romantic life? So obviously after the first film, you know, we she survived after Billy. And, you know, in part two, we meet up with her. Her She has another boo in, in, in college. So obviously we see two of her boyfriends in there. And they're both killed because one turns out to be a killer. The other one gets killed off by Mickey the Freaky Tarantino film student. After that, we don't see anything. But then again, in part five, we actually... Sorry, Wally. I actually bought, I threw blankets on him. Um, in part five, we see her when she gets the first call from Dewey. She's jogging and she's pushing a stroller. So it looks like maybe she has a baby in there. So she's married. It looks like she might be married. But we don't see or hear anything about her family. So the answer that I wrote here is the franchise never explores her adult dating life. This is a life uh, a little inconsistent because it has taken great pains to showcase exactly how the trauma shaped her life. Her career path has also been heavily influenced by the massacre. But there has been no update about her love life or even her sexuality. I don't know why they threw that in there. Her sexuality, like if she's a lesbian. I don't think that's the case. People just want it to be that way. They want to have her open-ended because that's the way that this world works nowadays. But she had two boys in her life. Hopefully, she stayed that way. Um, after, And it says uh, even her sexuality after Scream 2. It's as if the franchise is building up to some big secret about her personal life. I really hope there's nothing, no secret. Just leave it at that. She's not a lesbian. 
Uh, moving on, question number nine. How are Ghostface's mannerisms the same? We spoke about this briefly earlier, how he acts exactly the same as the last one. It's not the same guy. In the first film, you had Stu Mocker and Billy Loomis, who were very two different guys, although they were psychopaths. In part two, you have Mrs. Loomis, um, who was also known as Debbie Salt, and uh, Mickey the Freaky Tarantino film student. Now, I could get it. Mickey was the, the height of the, the figure in the suit and maybe he was a little clumsy and all that stuff and okay maybe debbie salt did get in the suit and kill a randy inside the the van because she wasn't really standing up and you couldn't see the breasts or nothing like that the form of the breast in the outfit um then you go into uh, uh roman roman pierce who happens to be uh Sydney's brother and again he's a tall male he could fit the figure and boom yo he could and I guess he could be a little clumsy at times or whatever the case um I know that originally I saw this uh this 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 documentary on it and originally there was supposed to be two killers and it was supposed to be um another uh it was going to be a female killer but thank god they didn't put her in there because I think that would have thrown it off a little bit um now in part four uh, the guy who was supposed to be the new Randy and Jill, both of them were very small, short people. And the guy who was supposed to be the new Randy, he didn't have the body type of the of the figure. And obviously, Jill also didn't have the body type. Plus, she had breasts. So, when you see this figure running around, you see a masculine, top, broad shoulder type character it didn't fit neither of them so that's why i hated the 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 killer reveal and then you got part five you got the new boyfriend and this girl and i can see the guy doing it but when you see the girl dressed up as ghostface she just did not fit the body type and that's one thing that i hate you have to for me when i see these movies i they have to be consistent with me man or else you'll lose it although i loved part five i hated the killer reveal the only one that I enjoyed was the guy, but the girl. I just she had no there was there was no literal say about her. Like I honestly didn't didn't um see her as the killer, and I was very disappointed at that. But the question is, how are Ghostface's mannerisms the same? And the answer is, it seems quite glaring that Ghostface sounded the same in every movie, except for some very minor accents accent changes. Of course. Sydney would have told the cops what the killer sounded like. Obviously, but how much can you go off of somebody speaking about something? <coughs> but how did the next batch of killers get it so similar to the first ghost face that was so that was Billy? And we spoke about that. The same thing with the masks and all that stuff. How did they know each other? The only way that that could happen is if Stumacher is still out there and he is the one who's literally, you know, feeding all this information into all that. That's the only way they could sum him up, sum it up, bring Stumacher back. He's the one who's been orchestrating all these movies, maybe have him as the last uh, bad guy in the next, in the, in the sixth film of this, because supposedly they're working on a sequel. So... I guess that's the best way you can end it. And the tenth and final question is how can Scream 5 be a reboot? I don't think it was. A lot of people try to talk about it. That's why they called it Scream instead of Scream 5. But if you actually look at the movie, they talk about the past movies. And um, they actually go into this uh, conversation about requels. That's the new thing. It's not sequels. It's not prequels. It's not threequels. 
uh, it's called a requel, which is pretty much the uh, remaking the second one and just going on. But this is actually a continuation. So the answer is, this is technically impossible because it is not recasting any of the old characters and will follow Sydney's life and abide by the chronology set by Wes Craven when asked to explain Gillette who just happened to be one of the co-directors only used some rather confusing buzzwords about the legacy and lineage of the franchise but it's unclear as to how fifth the fifth movie can be a reboot I say it's not if they say that it is I say it's not because it literally connects to all the other movies and it talks about all the other movies like it's a sequel um, alrighty guys so that will be the end of my scream questionnaire and we're going to go into some of the news and then into my reviews and recommendations so it has been said that Star Wars Andor which is the the I believe it's uh, uh, Rogue One and then Andor is the, the okay Rogue One was the movie Andor is going to be the prequel series to the movie and it's already been renewed for a season 2 ahead of the series release which is crazy because it's supposed to come out sometime here, sometime this year, but they haven't said anything. So I don't know. Tom Holland wants to have a team up with Daredevil, calling their experience amazing on No Way Home. Again, my dude has his goals back and forth saying he doesn't know if he wants to do Spider-Man. And but yet he's over here talking about the future of Spider-Man. So how, what do we what are we supposed to take from this? Are you going to stick around or are you leaving? Supposedly he signed on for three more movies. But then again, there's talks of Andrew Garfield doing another movie and Tobey Maguire doing another movie. So I don't know what's going on. Continuation. Timura Morrison, who also played Boba Fett, does not know if there will be a season to the book. Two to the book of Boba Fett, but he wants to face off against Mace Windu due to him killing Jango Fett. So, if you saw the original, uh, uh, oh, you saw Attack of the Clones, you see that Boba Fett was a little boy when his dad was beheaded by Mace Windu, who was played by uh, none other than Samuel Jackson. Now, the Book of Boba Fett, I was told it was a continuation to The Mandalorian, so I don't know if it's going to get a season two, but. Just to let you know that the Book of Boba Fett ended amazingly. So, so a lot, I mean, they, they got the, the Mandalorian involved in there. And it was just a lot of amazing stuff that happened. Uh, if you want to know more about the Book of Boba Fett, I actually have a podcast called The Cobra Fett, which has um, my questionnaire on uh, Cobra Kai Season 4 and my questionnaire of the Book of Boba Fett. I believe it was the Book of Boba Fett. But then again, I have a lot of... I spread the first three episodes on a questionnaire. And then the last one was just the rest of the series. Um, so you would have to look for it. Uh, but yes, he wants to face off against Mace Windu. Which would be pretty cool. Because right now they're doing a lot of prequel series to the Star Wars uh, chronology. So I'm, I'm pretty souped. The next one I believe is called Obi-Wan. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. So I'm hoping, you know... Supposed to come out May. I don't know. Moving on, Bruce Willis to get his own Razzie category. Uh, Razzie Awards are for the worst films to come out. Razzie category since he has started. He has starred in eight films in 2021, and half of them we don't know because he's doing a lot of low budget films. I don't know what he's doing. This guy used to be one of the biggest actors out there, and now he's doing all these trash films. Like, 
Why? You can do another Die Hard movie and gain your popularity back. Look at Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage has been dying to get back on uh, on America's good graces. And finally, he's getting a chance by being Dracula in um, an upcoming movie. I forgot the name of the movie. But there is a chance. And I don't know what Bruce Willis is doing. Come on, man. Go do uh, Expendables 4. I don't know. Moving on, Catherine Zeta-Jones casted for the upcoming National Treasure series on Disney Plus. So obviously, Disney Plus bought acquired all the twentieth century twentieth century Fox, um, um, you know, items, and they don't want the National Treasures. Being that National Treasure was a major hit in the theaters, so they, I guess, they're gonna try to go the series way with it because if it, if you can't make another movie. Bring it out to series. People will watch it. So Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to star in that. Moving on. She-Hulk director says series is playing with more comedic world. But then again, I, from what I heard, the comics were this similar. So why would they stray away? <laughs> Moving on. Spider-Verse 2 to feature a different art style depending on the world of Spider-Man crosses too. But wasn't that what they were doing in the last one? So they're not really going to change much about it. Uh, moving on, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg's reasons for not being a superhero is because he has a hard time seeing himself in a cape and spandex. I wouldn't want to see him as a hero anyway. He's getting too old. Yellow Jacket season two renewed. Have not seen it yet, so I guess it's something to look forward to. Evil Dead game pre-sale are out now. So if you guys are into the whole Evil Dead, this actually looks pretty fun. X-Men 97 will have 10 episodes and will release sometime in 2023. And from what it looks like in the uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it looks like Doctor Strange and America Chavez are going to cross and not only into the wasteland, but it looks like they might go into X-Men 97 world. So that'd be pretty cool if they throw that in there. Warner Brothers lawsuit reveals Edge of Tomorrow series in the works. So I guess they're doing a. It's, there's a lawsuit for some odd reason, and um, they kind of peeked in and they saw that Edge of Tomorrow. I guess they're going this TV series. Ugh, that's so bad. Do the movie. Tom Hanks, Emily Blunt. We want to see a movie. We don't want to see a TV show. Although TV shows are good, but they don't work for movies like this. Stuff like this. Moving on, Steven Soderbergh calls out superhero movies for their lack of sex. I don't understand why superheroes have to have sex. It's nothing that's needed. <clears throat> we don't need to see a penis going into a vagina in order to know that they're superheroes. Uh, yeah, we do realize that they're played by humans, but we don't need sex in a movie. If it happens, it happens. Look at Eternals. They did it They did it uh, uh, tasteful. and it, People were like, oh, the movie sucked. That movie was great. I don't know. Moving on. Russell Crowe has joined the cast of Craven the Hunter. So Craven the Hunter, obviously, we know is a villain of Spider-Man. And they're doing a solo film at Sony. Uh, so let's see what happens. Anthony Ramos has has dedicated a secret role. Has a dedicated role in, in Marvel's Ironheart. Anthony Ramos is like all the rage right now. He's an Hamilton. He was the lead in in the Heights. He's done a whole bunch of like other stuff, movies. Uh, he's 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 just growing, man. This guy's growing. Futurama revived at Hulu with multiple original cast members returning, and I have yet to see it. Norman Reedus on playing Ghost Rider with Will This Really Happen? 
It's crazy because Norman Reedus, he was in another Marvel uh, film called Blade 2. And he's done a couple of movies here and there. But uh, what, media, what really has kept him up up and going has been The Walking Dead. And we have barely seen him. I thought he was going to leave soon. I mean, I know that he's supposed to do a spinoff series called Daryl and Carol. But let's just see where that goes. But if he comes out as Ghost Rider, shoot. MCU. Moving on. First Obi-Wan Kenobi poster revealed. Released will and will release on May 25th, 2022. So I'm excited about that. Rings of Power is set 2,000 years before the Fellowship of the Rings. So I guess we're not going to see none of the people that we saw in the, in the last in the, in the movies. Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman images have been released. So you can look at that, look at all those online. Uh, Blade Runner 2099, which is the sequel to Blade Runner. Li- live action sequel series in development at Amazon. Ridley Scott is on board and rumors might be that he's on board to direct. So I guess we'll see more. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't think 2099 was that bad. But again... If people don't know what they're going to go watch, they're not going to go watch it. Especially now during the pandemic. People aren't going to waste their time. It has to be, uh, like they said, an MCU, uh, DCEU, Star Wars. It has to be a major box office hit that people are familiar with. Because other than that, they're not going to watch it. Daredevil and other Marvel Defenders shows leaving Netflix on March 1st. So get your time. Start watching it. Because supposedly they're going into Disney. So that wouldn't be a bad idea. Moving on. Robert Pattinson will do more Batman films as long as fans want him to do it. And he also he has also spoke to Reeves, Matt Reeves, about doing a trilogy. So, hey, come on. And the final bit of news AMC confirms the sixth and final season to Better Call Saul will premiere on April 18th, 2022, two years after the cliffhanger that ended season five. And yep, that has been our news and our questionnaire for today. Stay tuned. Uh, We'll make a quick transition and we will come back with reviews and recommendations. Alrighty, everybody, back. <laughs> Do you guys understand what I said? Whatever. Moving on. Reviews and recommendations. So at this point in my, you know, after COVID period, I had started a whole watch movies from the time that they were conceived like the first time that they made it up into the remakes and stuff so it would be like maybe the original and then they made a sequel and then they made a threequel and then they made all this stuff and then they remade it later on in time so i last week i spoke about the parent trap the original 1969 parent trap and then they made a sequel to it um it was like literally like a total of like five movies and uh, most of them were uh shown on channel seven and the wonder for world of disney 
which I remember watching a couple of them back in the day when I was a kid. And this was the closest that you would get to watching uh, Disney shows and movies on a continuous basis. I think that they did have the Disney Channel, but it wasn't as proficient as it is now or was not too long ago. Because I still think that they do have the Disney Channel, but now that they have the streaming service, I don't know why they would have it, but I guess that's regular programming. But back in the day, for I, I didn't have... I didn't even have basic cable. I just had basic TV, which was channel 2, 4, uh, 5, I think 6, six? No, no, not 6, not 6, 7, 9, 10, what's that? No, there wasn't a 10. There was an 11, channel 11, which was UPN and it became WB, channel 13, and then it went to channel 41 and channel 47, which was Telemundo and uh, Univision. So back in those days were the channels that I would watch stuff. And channel 7, like on a Friday, or I think it was on Saturday, we have the wonderful, uh, the wonderful world of Disney. And they would show some movie like the computer wore tennis shoes or whatever the case. So these movies were always like showcased there. And, you know, since you didn't have regular TV and channel 7 was our channel to watch all our stuff like TGIF, thank God it's Friday, would be on channel 7. And they would show shows like Boy Meets world full house sister sister hanging with mr cooper step by step these are the shows that i grew up with a lot of us 80s and 90s kids you grew up on that i kind of still miss that now because you know tv kind of sucks you know this new generation will never know the top the type of stuff that we saw but yeah channel 7 showed uh wonderful world of disney movies and used to be you know the movies that they wouldn't show in the theaters and parent trap the first one came out in the theaters which was back in 1960 something and then parent trap 2 um i think it was with the same girls uh, no, Parent Trap 2 was a different... The girls had already grown up. And um, they used the same woman who, at the time, was a little girl. She came back, did the role. Who was also in a TV show called uh, Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Who was later on renamed Saved by the Bell, the Junior High Years. So, uh, Miss Bliss was the teacher. And she also played um, the girls from the Parent Trap back in the day. So, we spoke about Part 1 and we spoke about Part 2. Part 3... Um, stars uh, the same girls and obviously it's a totally different story and it's called, it's, it reads when Jeffrey Wyatt who is played by Barry Botswick who you probably have never heard of plans to remarry his triplet daughters who were also the girls uh, she was known as Tori in the Saved by the Bell um I believe it was not the last year but the year before they got married I remember that year uh, uh, Jesse and Kelly Kapowski did not show up that whole season. So they had this new girl called Tori, who was this biker chick who went out with uh, Zach, who literally portrayed Tori. And later on, we find out that she actually is one of three triplets who were also in step, uh, what's it called? Um, um, Charles in Charge. But yes, she, all three of them were in this uh, film. His triplet daughters, Megan, who, uh, Joy Creel, Lisa, Leanna Creel, and Jesse, Monica Lacey, 
tried to bring him together with Susan Evers, Haley Mills. So Haley Mills was the original girl from the first film, and she plays Susan Evers. And obviously in the second film, I think they hooked her up with somebody, but she didn't get married to him. So I guess they broke up, and in this one, they're trying to hook him up again. And in this one, I guess she does get married to him because later on they made a, a, a part four called Parent Trap Hawaiian Honeymoon. And then the trailer, the, the, the synopsis reads... After inheriting a family resort in Hawaii, the Whites find it in such a rundown condition that they decide to sell it after trying to fix it up amidst confusing goings on amongst the triplet teenage girls and the boys they meet jeffrey wyatt barry botswick meets an old high school rival who promises to keep the resort as is if jeffrey will sell to him he has other plans in mind however and they are not limited merely to jeffrey's resort meanwhile a mean resident named charlotte brink jane meadows caused problems for everyone this was supposedly the finale to uh, to that whole series because it started off with the 1969 one, and it did they did four sequels. Um, it uh, you have to have the tolerance and patience level to actually watch these because it's just like it's it's just wacky and it's girly stuff and everything. I mean, I do like girl movies, but they have to make sense. And this was just going back and forth. I mean, I remember watching Tori in um, Saved by the Bell and thinking that she was so cute. And then to see this movie and see three of her face around, it's crazy. Later on, I looked them up and to see what they've been doing lately. One of them turned out to be a lesbian and she's married now. And the other two, I think they got married as well. But yeah, these movies were kind of fun. And I've I, the funny thing is that I couldn't find them anywhere but YouTube. And they were like literally off of like a videotape rip. But um, I saw them and I guess you have to have the tolerance for them if you have if you want to watch them. If you're a fan of the whole Parent Trap series. Um, later on, I found out that uh, I was looking it up and... There was a movie that Amy, uh, was it Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, who played uh, Michelle Tanner in the Full House series. They did a movie that was very similar to it. And when I started, looked it up, it turns out that it was it was just changed a little bit. But it was the same. It was an inspiration of The Parent Trap. And it's called It Takes Two. And the, tri- the, the synopsis reads, Alyssa and Amanda are two little girls who are identical but complete strangers that I accidentally meet one day. And again... Uh, the parent trap consists of uh, these two girls who meet up and they they did not know that they were sisters or that they were twins. <coughs> I guess the father and the mother had this like rendezvous where they might have had sex and she got pregnant. And then um, they they each each one took one of the girls and raised them on their own they i guess they had a falling out of some sort and they decided to raise the girls on their own and later on when they go to this camping trip they see each other and they realize that they're sisters and they decide one decides to go with the other one the one that's with the mother that was raised with the mother decides to go with the father so she can meet her father and the other one that's with the father goes to meet with the daughter i've been with the mother just to so see they can see each other and they're very different girls and they decide that they want to try to get them together and that's pretty much the whole synopsis of the story just them trying to get them together and that's that's what happens in part one and even in the remake the one with um with uh what's her name Lindsay lohan 
And if you look at the parent, the it takes two. It wasn't the same, but it wasn't a lot. Like they changed it a lot, you know, a little bit. You know, the one girl was in an, getting adopted, and the other girl was um, rich, and then they meet up and they try to get, you know, the dad, the dad and the mom. The dad is played by Steve Gutenberg, and the 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 lady is played by. Um, oh my God, I forgot her name. She starred in uh, Christy Alley. Uh, in the Luke Who's Talking movies. Uh, Parent Trap 1998. Now, this was the final remake that was starred, that starred Lindsay Lohan. Uh, identical twins Annie and Haley separated at birth and each raised by one of their biological parents later discover each other for the first time at summer camp and make a plan to bring their hay- wayward parents back together. So that's pretty much all the stuff that I've been talking to you guys about. After that, I started a whole new series, which was Escape from Witch Mountain, which was based, uh, this one was Disney back in 1975. Two mysterious orphan children have ordinary, extraordinary powers and are chased by a scheming millionaire. But where do these kids really call home? So these two kids, we find out that they're like, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, then go watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. They're kind of aliens. And um, they're being chased around by this uh, this millionaire who wants to use their power. So they did Escape to Witch Mountain, Return from Witch Mountain, Beyond Witch Mountain. And I think there was another remake uh, in the 90s called Escape to Witch Mountain. And then The Rock starred in, uh, what was it? Um, Race to Witch Mountain. The Rock, uh, uh, in, you know, Sophia, Sophia, I forgot her name. Sophia, I forgot her name. Yeah, well, they remade it. I guess we'll eventually get to that, and I'll talk to you guys about that. But this was, uh, I, it was, it was okay for an '80s film, uh, a '70s film. I mean. And the final thing that we're going to talk about is the 1995 Walt Disney World A Very Merry Christmas Parade. It's the annual Christmas parade from Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Joan London and Regis Philbin hosted. And that's as much as I'm going to talk about that. Um, every year they hold a new one. I believe it has changed from A Very Merry Christmas. They changed it to Twas the Night Before Christmas. And now they're doing the Christmas Parade. The Christmas Day Parade. Which is held every Christmas at, at um, Orlando, Florida. On Main Street. In, um, you know, Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World. And they have all different types of celebrities. Movies. Uh, it's it's just an, an, an array of different um, actors and actresses singing talents all this stuff and um i mean i was there this year but i didn't stick around till christmas i went to the beginning of the, and i saw where they have the parade and i would love to be part of it well, i mean one day but i mean i can just imagine how expensive it is but yes without further ado i'm gonna say good night and i'm gonna say thank you for listening and this has been dave d saint uh you're listening to night at the podcast night of the night night at the podcast yes i am the only night here gus j swirl 77 it hasn't been here for a while because he just had a new baby girl congratulations to gusantro um arias naji you know he's doing his world and i'm here bringing you to the news and i'm having a good time doing it i am dave d saint 
You can follow me all the major hashtags under Dave D Saints or Dave underscore D underscore Saints or David Santiago. You can find me on PSN under Ariel Dean 81. I repeat Ariel Dean 81 as in Ariel under the C Dean as in James Dean and 81 as in the number that comes after 80. And just like Gus J Swirl 77 says all the time, take care, man.